Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. Today I'll be your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald. And today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. And whether you've never opened the Bible or you've read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. And our purpose is not only for you to know and understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be standing in the gap. For our first text, let's go to Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. Ezekiel 22 and 30 says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now in the Young's literal translation, which keeps the Hebrew in the original tense, it reads, And I seek of them a man making a fence and standing in the breach before me in behalf of the land, not to destroy it, and I have not found. Now, this is the present tense. God is looking for someone to stand in the gap right now, in this time, and in this place. We are the one that are called to stand in the gap. We are called to stand in the gap for our families, for our generation, for our culture, and for our nation. God has called us, and we can't defer this responsibility to someone else, because someone else may not do it. It is our job to answer the call and to do what God has called us to do. Standing in the gap means interceding in prayer on behalf of others. It means holding true to your values and your morals and principles, no matter what the culture thinks about it. It means living for God and living righteously in a world that puts no value on the things of God. Thomas Jefferson, the third president of this nation, once said, On matters of style, go with the current, but on matters of principle, stand firm as a rock. During the Second World War, America put up posters all across the nation that said, Uncle Sam wants you. And the reason they did this was because they were looking for people who would stand in the gap, people who would support the war effort and fight for the country. Those who took part in the war stood in the gap for those who didn't. And today we are in a spiritual war, and God is saying the same thing to us today. God wants you. And his message has been the same since the world began. He is looking for someone to stand in the gap for the kingdom of God. God never calls men to stand down. He always calls them to stand up. God doesn't want armchair generals in his army. He looks for people willing to fight on the front lines in the heat of the battle. Because they know that the promise that awaits them is far greater than anything the enemy can do to them. And above all, God looks for a life that is completely surrendered to him. John Chrysostom was an early church leader from the 4th century in the Byzantine Empire. He was notable for going against the government of his time. And he stood in the gap for his generation. And he once said, Numerous are the waves and great the tossing of the sea, but we have no fear of going down, for we stand upon the rock. Let the ocean rage as it will, it is powerless to break the rock. Let the waves roll, they cannot sink the bark of Jesus. 
Tell me, what should we fear? Death? To me, to live is Christ and to die gain. Is it exile, perchance? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. Is it confiscation of property? We brought nothing with us into the world, and it is clear that we can take nothing away with us. I despise what the world fears and hold its good things in derision. I do not fear poverty, nor do I desire riches. I am not afraid of death. I do not pray to live, if it be not for your good. This is why I speak on what is now taking place, and exhort your charity to be of good cheer. Standing in the gap is a sacrificial act. It will cost you something, but the reward far outweighs the cost. It isn't easy, and it's not convenient, but it's necessary. Someone has to do it. The devil will never play fair, and he will fight you to the very end, but he will never win, because he's already lost on Calvary. Our job is to stay faithful and to keep standing no matter what. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse number 10, it says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. When we stand in the gap, we are standing against the devil and his plans. Standing in the gap is part of how we do our spiritual warfare. In the 13th verse, that phrase, having done all to stand, is a military phrase, meaning having conquered all, stand, ready to do battle again. We are part of one spiritual war, but within that war, there are many battles. After we conquer and win the battle, we need to be ready and keep standing for the next battle, and that is the only way that we will ever win the war. God has prepared us for this war. He has given us his armor. He has given us his commands. And he has given us the power of the Holy Spirit within us. We are ready. And we have everything that we need. But we have to make the decision to fight and to stand in the gap ourselves. It's a decision that we need to make for ourselves as an individual. No one else can make it for us. It can't be your preacher. It can't be your family member. It can't be your friends. It has to be you that makes that decision. It has to be from our heart and between us and God. Faith requires action. And when we have the faith to decide to stand in the gap, we must act on it. During times of conflict and warfare, it's easy to lose heart and to become discouraged and to lose our hope. But we must always remain optimistic. But just having blind optimism that is detached from all semblance of reality is not the answer. 
we need true, real optimism. There is an academic principle called the Stockdale Principle, which lays out in detail what real, true optimism is. And that type of optimism is a two-sided coin. On the one hand, we need to be realistic about the challenges that we face. But on the other hand, we must never lose hope that in the end we will prevail. If we lose our hope, we lose everything. Hope is defined as confidence in a future event, the highest degree of well-founded expectation of good, founded on God's gracious promises. Before we can hope, we need to understand what our hope is and who it is in. So let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and a love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And God has given us the hope that we will prevail in the end if we stay faithful and if we keep standing and trust in Jesus. Jesus stood in the gap on our behalf. He was our example. He was our scapegoat. And it's because of his sacrifice that we have victory over sin, victory over death, and victory over all the attacks of the enemy. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53 in the first verse said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. 
for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Jesus willingly stood in the gap for us, and we should always be ready and willing to stand in the gap for the kingdom of God, no matter what that entails. A hope that is misapplied is not a hope at all. That's an illusion. This is why our hope must be rightly applied in Jesus and what he has done on our behalf. If we put our hope in ourselves or in others, we will always be disappointed because only Jesus can give us the victory that we seek. Man is subject to his fallen nature, but Christ is perfect. And the only way to have real hope, to have perfect hope, is to put our hope in Jesus. Now that we know what our hope is and who it is in, our hope should drive us to action. Faith requires action. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is the substance of our hope. Hope is made up of faith. We can't have our hope in Jesus if we don't have faith in Jesus. Faith lays the foundation upon which our hope is built. Once we decide to stand in the gap and have the hope, that we will prevail in the end, we need to act with that understanding. Once we understand that the war was already won on Calvary, and all we need to do is stay faithful and to keep standing and put our hope in Jesus, it frees us to act courageously and to act boldly, because we have nothing to lose. We have already won. God desires for us to act boldly. He tells us to come boldly unto the throne of grace, and wars are only won by bold and courageous actions. Once we have our hope and act on it, we must keep our hope. 1 Peter 1 and 13 reads, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the Young's literal translation, the same verse reads, Hope perfectly upon the grace that is being brought to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. Hope here is used as a verb, which makes hope itself an action. Our hope, our expectation, will not be cut off if we trust in Jesus. This is why Peter exhorts us to hope until the very end. The devil will fight you tooth and nail until the very end. So we must continue to hope until the very end. That's how you counter him. God said in Ezekiel that he sought for a man, but he found none. In the entire nations of Israel and Judah, there was not a single person who was willing to stand in the gap. God made the call, but no one answered the call. And the same call is being made to us today. We should never want God to be able to say again that he sought for a man and found none. We could be the ones who changed this. We are the people of God. He wants you to answer the call. We can't just assume someone else will do it. And we can't just avoid the call completely, because that is what leads to God not finding anyone. The solution is for us to answer the call. This call from God is urgent, and God is looking for our decision. We should never let the urgency of the matter be lost on us. And we should never lose the sense of urgency within us. God is looking for us to have now faith, present tense faith, to act on his call. God has given us all free will. He will never force us to stand in the gap. He desires for us to do it because it's part of his will for our lives. We should desire to stand in the gap out of our love for God and for his kingdom. Throughout history, there have been great men and women who chose to answer the call, who swam against the current, 
and who stood in the gap. They answer the same call for their generation that we are being called to answer today. God has prepared us and given us everything we need. Now it's time for us to be bold and courageous and to act on that call. It won't always be easy or enjoyable, but it has to be done. Standing in the gap can change history, not just here and now, but for all of eternity. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until next week. Don't wait until next year to answer the call. Answer it right now. Answer it today. We need to say, yes, Lord, send me, I'll go. We need to stand, and having done all, we need to keep standing, and hope in Jesus, and in the promises of God, until the very end. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for revelation from your word. We thank you that you've given us your word, Lord God. And we will answer the call, Lord. We will be the ones that stand in the gap. We will go against the current. We will go against the culture. We will do whatever your word calls us to do, Lord God. We will be the ones that make the difference. We thank you for using us as your willing vessels, Lord God. Fill us with your spirit to overflowing and use us in the way that you would have us to be used. Reveal your will unto us and help us to not only know your will, but to live in your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to be the one that will make the difference for your generation and stand in the gap, and if you want to have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you need to ask him for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to the family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking your time out to spend with us. And if you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. God bless you. We want you to know that we love all of you. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.